Picking up my homies in my CRV. Kick it with my boo thing in my CRV. Riding down the street in my Honda SUV. Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're going to be talking about how does God know what we need before we need it? What is the mechanism? And surprisingly enough, the Bible provides an answer. Paul provides an answer in his letter to the Romans. What was happening in the letter to the Romans, that the Romans are seeing persecution, they're seeing bad things happening, they don't know what's going on, they're lost, uh, they're a little bit scared about the future. And Paul starts talking to them about how they could have assurances. And even if they don't know what to pray, even if they're weak, and even if they're lost, even if they're scattered in this world, there's a mechanism by which their needs and concerns are communicated to God such that God knows what we need. Which is funny because you would think that if Paul was a classical theist, if he believed that all events were foreknown from all eternity, there, there wouldn't have to be a mechanism. God would just automatically know by virtue of being omniscient of all events. This entire passage should not exist. Should not exist in Augustinian theology. But it does because Paul needs a mechanism in order to communicate our future needs to God. So let's go ahead and read Paul. I remember Paul is an Old Testament theologian. He's been trained in Old Testament theology. He understands Old Testament theology. And in part of that, at the base of Old Testament theology, is God searching to know. It's God is the one who tests the hearts. God's the one who puts people in various situations to see how they will act. He puts Israel in situations and to see if they will respond to him or not. He puts Abraham in a situation of killing his only son to see how Abraham is going to react. He says, now I know. God learns about people through testing. It's God who tests the heart. It's one of God's core attributes throughout the Bible. But we're in Romans 8, 826. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. This is when we are lost, when we are confused, when we don't know what to do. We, we don't know where we're going in life. The Spirit's there to help us. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. This is weird wording. I'll read a better translation pretty shortly. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Yeah, a little confusing in the translation I got here. It's called the Translator's Handbook. And it's uh, Romans. And it's by Newman and Nita. And here's how they write. And it's, it's a little bit better to comprehend. In the same way, the Spirit also comes to help us, weak that we are. For we do not know how we ought to pray. The Spirit himself pleads with God for us. He pleads. He intercedes for us. He communicates to God on our behalf. In groans that words cannot express. The first thing we need to notice about what Paul's doing here rhetorically is he's alleviating fears. He's He's teaching these people something about God that's going to give them comfort in these harsh times. And that is, there is a way for God to know what we need before we actually need it, before we ourselves know what we need. You know, again, this should not exist. These types of texts should not exist if uh, Paul was a classical theist. But he's not. He's not. There is a mechanism of transferring information to God. Let's go on. Verse 27 now he who searches the hearts, this is his reference to the Old Testament. This is a reference to God. As the translator's handbook says, it says, As a Jew, Paul can speak of God in the third person without actually mentioning his name. 
And that is what he does in this verse. And God, who sees into the hearts of men, is literally in the one searching the heart. That God searches, that is, sees into the hearts of men, is a familiar Old Testament concept. See 1 Samuel 16, 7, 1 Kings 8, 39, Psalm 7, 9, Proverbs 15, 11, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. And so this is a reference to God, he who searches the hearts, he who, you know, tests to know. He that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Remember back to uh, just everything we've ever taught about prepositional phrase and how words and language works. Prepositional phrases cannot be taken in a hard and fast sense. And so because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will might not be the mechanism why God knows the mind of the Spirit and it could be, as in the translator's handbook, how they put it, that it's actually just describing the content of the intercessions, which doesn't negate what we've been talking about so far. And so here is how the translator's handbook puts this verse. And God, who sees into the hearts of men, knows what the thought of the Spirit is because the Spirit pleads with God on behalf of his people in accordance with his will. So what this, this uh, clause is doing is probably just doubling down on this idea that the Spirit's praying not contrary to what God wants. And God is affirming what the Spirit argues or what the Spirit is begging on our behalf because what the Spirit is, is uh, interceding for is something that God himself wants. The Spirit is in, interceding with God on our behalf in accordance with God's will. Still, this is the communication to God that, uh, that alleviates uh, Paul's listeners. They don't have to worry anymore about God not knowing what they need because this, this type of mechanism is available for us to tap into. Again, not a classical theistic concept. So guess what happens when this is explicitly questioned on any like normal Facebook site, any Christian site? How is it that God knows what we need before we need it? You know, what are our options? Our options are eternal foreknowledge. That's, that's exactly how people who are Augustinian theologians, who think that God knows all things from time, eternity, everything into the future. That's how God knows what we need before we need it. That's the mechanism. But guess what? That's not Paul's mechanism. Paul's mechanism is a transfer of information through a searching, a searching that we find Throughout the Bible, this is a pretty common mechanism for God to know, is that you search to know, you search to find out. And it's explicit in Paul's writings. And so I put on a Christian forum, I said, how does Paul think that God knows what we need before we need it? Now the wording was pretty explicit because we're pointing to Paul. Because Paul is the person that everyone tries to derive their theology of predestination and foreknowledge from. You know, all these concepts are derived from Paul. And if Paul is not a classical theist, if Paul is not Augustinian, then no one else in the Bible has any footing. Really, that, that's what it comes down to. And it's funny. So Paul, Paul, his mechanism, his stated mechanism for God knowing what we need is this communication through this testing, this intercession on behalf of us through the Spirit. This is the communication to God so that God knows what we need. But people really love their own theology. They don't have any verses for Paul thinking that God eternally knows our needs from time eternal, and they'll just assume it. So in response to my question of what's Paul's uh, theology on how God knows what we need, 
what are my answers? Overwhelmingly, it is because God foresaw our needs, you know. And then uh, the Calvinists, of course, go, because God predestined our needs. Those are the only three options I gave. And so people couldn't double up or anything like that. They're mutually exclusive, by the way. You're mutually exclusive. Either God learns information through these these uh, secondary sources, or, or it's eternal and innate, or it's uh, self-caused through this predestination. You know, they, they don't overlap. You don't get the same information from multiple sources. That's redundancy. And if God learns from sources outside of himself, that precludes eternal omniscience of all events. If God learns information from outside himself, that precludes the eternal predestination of all events. And people don't see it. They're like, oh, all three. And one guy, one guy, he was a real gem. He said, these are all synonymous. Well, no, they're not. And I gave him the example. I said, you know what? Um, I searched the Bible to know what the Bible says. That means I eternally knew the Bible and I eternally predestined the Bible. He says, no, but you're applying uh, this statement to yourself and we're applying this one to God. And so, you know, there's special considerations, whatever we use as God's name. So basically his argument, literally his argument was, we need to read the Bible with special pleading. Anytime we're talking about God, we just need to assume our theology into the text. And these things which are typically mutually exclusive for normal actors like myself, if I learn information from searching, then that means I didn't eternally know. It means I didn't eternally predestined. You know, that's pretty common sense reading comprehension. But we need to apply this new standard to God where every single word, every single verse, no matter what combination of words, it means their theology no matter what. Why? Why? Special pleading, that's why. We have to have a completely different standard, their own standard, that they make up in their own head that ignores everything we know about reading comprehension, and that's how you know their theology is true. Thank you. Fantastic. I'm, I'm glad we're dealing with rational actors when we're dealing with Christians. Typically not. They're typically uh, out of their mind, out of their mind crazy. They don't think about their own theology. They don't put any bit of, uh, you know, self-reflection into what they believe and why they believe it. And if they're making contradictory statements, they they really want what they believe to be true. And that's what they go with. As we see in the poll results, let's pull them up real quick. Here we go. Paul says, God knows what we need before we ask because 11 people out of what it looks like about uh, 20 some votes, 11 people, God foresees all events from all eternity. They got no verses for that. They made that up. They, there's nothing. There's no verse of Paul saying this is God's mechanism for knowledge. Uh, there's the open theists, five of them, who's the spirit searches us and intercedes on our behalf. This is Paul's answer. This is an explicit answer. It's found in the Bible. It's a biblical answer. And then you got four Calvinists. God predestines everything. You know, uh, mutually exclusive answers. They, they they cannot overlap. It has to be one, two, or three. There can be other options other than this. But these three themselves are mutually exclusive to each other. The last thing we're going to do before we go is look at uh, Calvin, what he gets out of this verse. Uh, Calvin, he's, he's a pretty good at interpretation. He's pretty good at understanding things. But some of his conclusions are off the wall. Sometimes, uh, you know, he's good at reading a verse, but he's not good at connecting dots. And here, here's his takeaway from this passage. He says this, Let us also hence learn 
that what holds the first place in prayer is consent with the will of the Lord, whom our wishes do by no means hold under obligation. If then we would have our prayers to be accepted by God, we must pray that he may regulate them according to his will. So his takeaway is that we need to pray all our prayers. We need to preference them with, you know, uh, regulate and only answer our prayers to the extent of your will. You know, but is that a biblical notion? God all throughout the Bible changes his plans based on petitionary prayer to things that he himself did not actually want. His sparing of Israel in Exodus 32 was definitely against his better judgment. And did it really pay off in any positive sense? Well, he wanted to just destroy them again right before they entered the promised land. So him sparing them really didn't pay off in any, it's not, it was for Moses' sake. It was literally for Moses' sake that he didn't destroy the people, for Moses' intercessions, for Moses' arguments. And then these same arguments had to be readdressed when God wanted to destroy them. Just further down the line, just a little bit down the line, God wanted to destroy them for very similar reasons. And that's what we see throughout the Bible. So Calvin, he might be a little bit off on this one. It's funny. It's funny. Calvin is funny sometimes. But Paul's theology, the Spirit searches us to figure out what we need, communicates, begs, as the translator's handbook puts it, intercedes for us to God so that God can know our desires. God can know what we need, and then God can act on our behalf. And that's Paul's idea of how God knows what we need before we need it. All right, leave questions, leave comments on the YouTube channel, start a thread on the God is Open Facebook group. Thank you for listening. Thank you.